Welcome back to Our Street. Lynn Fisher and my buddy Kurt Elder, as always. Kurt, how are you doing? Lynn, I'm well. What a, it's been a beautiful day, and it's, it's nice to be back in the studio doing a live show tonight. Yeah. So we're continuing with our series here of uh, interviewing candidates for city council. Tonight we have Kay Siebler. Welcome to the show, Kay. Hey, thanks for having me. Get right up there to the microphone. Uh, there you go. It feels great to be back in the KZUM studio. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Sure, yeah. So for those listeners who don't know you, let's go ahead and have you tell your story. Where okay. Did, where'd you come from and how'd you get here? Right. Well, I grew up in Nebraska outside Omaha and Elkhorn. I came to Lincoln um, as an undergraduate uh, degree seeker um, when I was 18 years in Morocco, um, doing rural water education, breastfeeding education, AIDS education, birth control education, and also setting up regional educational resource centers. I came back, um, lived in Morocco, uh, sorry, Lincoln for a little while, moved away, got my PhD, um, and came back to teach and be around family. I've been a homeowner in the near south neighborhood for about 30 years. Um, I love Lincoln. Right now I teach in Omaha uh, at the University of Nebraska, Omaha, but um, I didn't want to leave Lincoln. I love the diversity in Lincoln. I love the way that we maneuver the community to take care of people who are marginalized or vulnerable. I like the connections I have with the Lincoln community and the people here. So yeah, Lincoln's a great place. And by running for city council, I hope to be a strong voice on the city council for change, for progress, for business development, um, and yeah, downtown development. Uh, I'm running for city council. Usually I'm a grassroots sort of community worker. I've been president of the Pro-Choice Coalition, the Real Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, um, been on the YWCA board, Lancaster County Women's Commission, um, member of the NAACP, president of the Human Rights Commission. So I am much more comfortable working in the community, making those coalitions there. But um, Tammy Ward currently represents my district and I really like Tammy. She's been a very strong voice on the city council, very responsive to constituents. And uh, Jane Raybould, as you know, left the city council for the legislature. We love that, good for her, but that's too big, strong voices that we lost on the city council this year. And um, I'm really worried. Um, I wanna replace those strong voices of experience with my voice because I believe I am going to bring that experience and um, that sort of personality that is like, I want to ask the questions, I wanna no. get answers, I wanna advocate for constituents. And you're running for District 4, which is kind of Northwest Lincoln. Right, Northwest Lincoln. It's very diverse. Um, it goes all the way from 27th and A, which is about where I live in the near south, all the way out past the airport, past the interstate. So um, there's a lot of diversity in socioeconomic class. There's a lot of diversity in educational backgrounds, language, um, family size and type. Um, we have the downtown area, but then we also have suburbs like Belmont and Air Park and Fallbrook and yeah. So Lynn, so, at, so it's the question that we ask all candidates is, you've been out knock, walking, talking. Yeah. I'm sure you've been hearing what people are saying. Yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you're hearing? I mean, so I think our, I think our listeners know that to even be part of this race, you, you need to get 150 different sig signatures just to be on the ballot. And, That's right. And, and I... 
collected so, all those by walking around neighborhoods. That's right. Um, was there a certain neighborhood that you focused on, or no? Or are you I actually everywhere? there's 32 precincts in the fourth district. I focus on a precinct every night, and I get a walk list and go out every night for a couple hours. Um, and yes, there are differences in the neighborhoods regarding what issues are concerning them. Most of them are not surprising to me. For example, uh, the downtown Haymarket, residents in downtown Haymarket are worried about um, development that they feel doesn't fit in with the downtown landscape, or they feel like there's not a concern for the people who actually live downtown, the way to make downtown more accessible to people who want to live down there. Um, near South neighborhood, we have a a lot of rentals in the near south with absentee landlords that do not take care of their property. Um, so there's a big concern in near south about that. If you pay attention to what goes on in the city council, just last week, I believe, a week ago this Monday, there was a group of neighborhoods in the near south who were trying to stop an unethical group home from gaining access. Um, and they successfully did so. We are not against group homes in the near south. We like uh, the people who are our neighbors who are transitioning and trying to get out of bad situations. But this was a group home that was uh, owned by someone out of state. They bought a property cheap. They were trying to pack four men trying to transition uh, out of prison in a room. I thought it was 12. Four Total. bedrooms. Four, yeah, yeah. four per so, room. Yep, four per room. Yeah. And the state would pay them because the men are on um, parole or probation upwards of $1,400 a month per person, no oversight in the house, no supervision, no programming. That's not only a disservice to those men, yeah. right? But it's a disservice to the neighborhood. So um, Belmont, I hear from Belmont um, that there might be a need for a stronger police presence. There's an uptick in crime in Belmont. The closest uh, police substation is at 27th and Holdridge. That's too far. Um, for them to have a stronger police presence. So maybe like a sub-substation in Belmont. Um, what else have I heard? Uh, Northwest Lincoln Air Park feels like all the money is going south for development. They want more restaurants. They want more um, shops and grocery stores and things that will make it a more vibrant community. Fallbrook is kind of this shining example of, a, I don't even want to call it a suburb, but a neighborhood that has um, essential services, shops and restaurants, a bank, a grocery store, so that the community is served. And I think that that's one thing that um, uh, at least the people in Air Park are talking to me We about. would call that Fallbrook experience a new urbanist experience. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I know there have been some development, you know, there's been some development out in the Air Park area, yep. a lot more than there used to be. Yes. Um, I would I would assume that the the market will you know fill in any demand that's there. Yeah. So so, I, so we hope that's the case. Um, there's also been some closings. They uh, the grocery store was there, kind of the anchor to the neighborhood closed, and now it's open again. So yeah. that's good. Um, the new high school might help right. with that situation. Now there's a Dollar Tree. You know, so you can see evidence yeah. of of that happening sure. in that area of town. So that's that's good. Yeah. What, what do you think about the recent uh, decision by the city council regarding the floodplain? Yeah, well, issue? I think that that was an example of a misstep by the city of Lincoln to not involve a lot of stakeholders in making that decision. Uh, people felt that they were locked out or groups felt that they were locked out of that decision making. 
Um, and I think the more we build coalitions of stakeholders and get them all around the table talking through, these are complex issues. Right. They're not going to be solved and should not be solved by sort of a siloed group that's making decisions on behalf of the city. Yeah. We have to get people around the table talking about yeah. those different perspectives. Well, I, I know the, uh, the opponents to the decision that was made <clears throat> straddled the, you know, the political spectrum yes. of neighbor works. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, and, and home builders. I mean, you, you, yep. you, you really had people from all over the that's spectrum right. all opposed to that. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, that's the thing. We have to build coalitions. And one of the things that I'm bringing to this experience is that um, ability to build coalitions. I learned that in the Peace Corps. I was a woman living in a Muslim country charged with doing community building. I had to create coalitions of stakeholders wherever I was of people very different from me. The thing about coalitions is, yes, it takes more time because you have to get the perspectives of a lot of different people um, around the table. And not everyone is going to agree with the path forward. Sure. But when you have that coalition, there's more buy-in from even the people who may not agree with the final outcome. Yeah. Well, it's like Kurt and I talk about all the time about neighborhood organizations. Yes. They coalesce around an, an issue, mm -hmm. a particular, you know, issue that comes up, whatever it is. And, uh, and then you get people all over the, the, the board in terms of their politics that, that right. agree on a particular thing. For example, right. way back when we started the College View Neighborhood Association here, it was about the city shutting down 48th Street for uh -huh. the summer, which... We worked with the city, and, and that, that group is still in, in place, and I know that happens all over the city. Yeah, yeah. You know, different groups come around a, a particular particular issue, and uh, then they stay together and, and work together. So. Yeah, so, it makes our city stronger because yeah. of those groups. So so just for just to make sure we have some just bouncing content here, did you go to, to any of the open houses concerning the floodplain uh proposed changes no i didn't across even across the know. three hours across did the three not years even know about them three years did not you even know. know about them mm -hmm. so no did not yeah does it impact you sorry does it impact you the floodplain right i think it impacts everybody in lincoln i mean if you are if you are saying that um well and the home builders would say that that's adding cost to every new house right um that is going to impact a lot of people even yeah. if i'm uh, not building a new house. I'm a homeowner. Yeah. If you affects, own a home in that area that's now expanded, yeah. your value is, your property value has gone down. Your property value has gone down. It's and you have be, more restrictions yeah, on what you can that's do. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. No, so, so the, I know we're not, I'm not going to take a lot of your time because you have a lot of things to say, but if you, but the home was already in the floodplain, this new measure does not devalue your house anymore. Well, it expanded the floodplain. No, it didn't. The, 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 the two foot, Right, right, but Level. the but but the physical geography of it did not well, change. Well, yeah, the federal government didn't change the floodplain, but the city's requirements for within, adjacent properties changed within the floodplain. Well, we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> I think fine, it, yeah. it goes beyond I, the two feet range. I think it was a big boom. I think it's blown out of proportion. People don't understand, but anyway. Well, time will tell. That's we'll right. see what happens there. So, all right. So, Kay, <laughs> let's talk about public safety. Yes. What what are your thoughts about the police department, the fire department? Let's talk about police first. Yeah, right? police. Um, I am living in the near south, so I regularly call the police just because there's, you know, uh, vagrants in the vacant house where I live next door to a burned out house um, and non-emergency calls and things like that. 
I have always been impressed with the police department in Lincoln, Nebraska, even interacting with folks that are very marginalized and vulnerable. They have been respectful. They have been helpful. They have been courteous. Um, I believe that we, uh, I know that the mayor has said the police are now the highest paid in Nebraska, Lincoln police. Um, I understand that, yes, they are, but that came at a cost to their insurance coverage. Um, that is not good, I think, especially when you're a police officer or a firefighter, you're interacting with some very dangerous situations on a regular basis as part of your job. You need to have robust insurance com coverage. Um, so I haven't yet met with uh, the police union representative. Um, I've been communicating with them. It's just hard to find a time. But I'm looking forward to hearing what they perceive as the issues for police officers. I know for firefighters and police, it's just very difficult for them to recruit people right now. Um, they need more yeah. people on this, the force, both the firefighters and the police, and it's just really hard to recruit them. And um, yeah, so that is a problem. It is a challenge. We need to take a short break. Okay. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here. We're talking with Kay Siebler running for District 4 City Council. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Our Street, Lynn Fisher and Kurt Elder. And we're having a, a good conversation here tonight with Kay Siebler running for City Council in District 4. And we talked a little bit about public safety and the police, Kay, uh, just before the break. So um, talk more about public safety, maybe tied in with uh, city unions, those sorts of yes, different okay. unions. Yes, okay. Um, you know, right now, Lincoln has an, set up, I think Tom Cassidy did this a number of years ago, but there's four um, teams, right? The city's in a quadrant with a yeah. center team. There were five, now they're four. Yeah. That's right. And, and that works well. But again, I think we're expanding as a city. And so that there are certain quadrants of the city where we might need a sub substation so that police can respond more quickly. Um, I know in the near south, uh, the two homicides that have happened literally a mile from my house or less than a mile were both firearm deaths of neighbors killing neighbors mm. over petty disputes one was a pet or a dog and the other one was a, a block driveway okay so what are we doing lincoln right what could we have done to prevent those and they were literally back to back it was you know one within two weeks of the other I'm not laying that on the police at all. I'm saying we have to evaluate what's going on in our neighborhoods that um, is causing that and, and work with police to figure out a way forward and a way to better protect um, ourselves and our, our neighbors. Um, I'm a, a big supporter of the police union and the um, firefighters union. I, I am a member of a union. I'm a member of the Associ uh, University Association of University Professors and um, I am proud to be a union member. I think collective bargaining and representations in unions is makes our economy stronger, protects workers, and makes sure that uh, folks are taken care of in the way that they need to be taken care of. Just to put it out there, I'm sure that the other four unions would love to also hear from you. <clears throat> we have Page, LCA, managers, and ATU, which are yes, the bus drivers. That's great. That's great. Um, we talked a little bit on the, about the subject in the break. And I know in the near south, this has kind of been an area where the city over the years has worked on uh, issues regarding affordable housing, safe affordable housing, yes. and property owners maybe who could do a better job yes. of taking care of their tenants and their property and uh, et cetera. What, 
I mean, we have a building and safety department. Mm-hmm. They have, they do a really good job uh, working with with uh, the the rental properties that we have on a complaint basis. Yes. And so, how familiar are you with that I'm system? I'm very familiar. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you think? Uh, you think it's a good system? I think generally it is. I think the Uplink uh, app that I have used very recently has worked well. So I think that's a good addition. Um, I think that there's also things that we could probably do in the city code to tighten things up. Like I said, the um, the landlord next door to me, he's not in Lincoln, right? He he owns about 30 properties in the near south. All, all of them look like trash heaps because he doesn't keep them up and he lives out of state. They're not insured. So when his house caught fire, there were four, five units in that house. Two were inhabitable. The rest were not even up to code to inhabit people. The two that were um at the front of the house, there was a woman trapped in the second floor because the previous summer she had complained to him that the windows didn't open and he did nothing about it. So now, she was trapped. So, so how there. many units in that building? Five. So it's licensed. I have no idea. Well, it, it should be. I mean, by law, okay. by city ordinance, it should be licensed at okay. three units or more. Okay. So if the, if if there's some issues there, you know, that's probably a good place to engage with building and safety. Yep. And, and say, we hey, have, we got have problems. Here. So it's been red tagged, but then there's also the issue of, um, okay, well he will fill out a building permit, hammer up a board, and then he gets another six months or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, he is not interested in helping the neighborhood or the city, yeah. right? He's yeah. very antagonistic sure. in his relationship. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about bad land lords. Yeah. Um, previously, I lived across the street from an apartment complex where there was just um, nonstop police calls, uh, domestic disturbances, drugs, uh, firearms, all those things. Finally, I called up the police uh, uh captain of that district and said, hey, can you just run the numbers on that building to see, like, because I know there's a lot of calls that go for that building. Right. She was shocked. I was shocked because in six months they had listed at that address. Okay, so there were a lot of people probably listing that address who didn't live there. At that address, 300, over 300 charges. One address, six months, 300 charges, not arrests, not calls to the police, charges for individuals who are listing that place as an address. So again, that the only reason that was caught and then they came down on the landlord and cited the landlord, right? And things changed dramatically once they cited the landlord. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good example because there are methods and resources available to take care of some of these issues. Yeah. And I think, I think unfortunately too often uh, people in the neighborhood don't realize what tools are available. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's something that, you know, hopefully more advocates like advocates like yourself mm-hmm. and people that are in that neighborhood can, can tap into those yeah. things, building right. safety, the health department, the police. Right. And they have their systems that work really well. They do. And, yeah. Yes. So there's, there's pressure that can be brought to bear on, yep. on some of those owners. So just to be fair with all candidates, I just try to ask a a number of questions that just so we have some harmony across the interviews. Yeah, right? good. <clears throat> so as a candidate, you're out walking, talking, you're answering all kinds of questions. And, and part of your role is to also educate people. Yeah. Uh, whether that might be, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, about budget issues or blah, blah, blah. So, so, so three broad questions. Um, ha- have you watched 
the prior budget hearings on Link TV to be up and know about how the city budget process works? I have watched parts of them. Sure. I am fully honest in saying I have not watched them <laughs> top to bottom. Sure. But yes, and I, I know that it is... People always say that. People are like, oh, there's too much fat in the budget. We need to cut the budget. Or what I'm hearing now is because property values are up, right, um, that the levy needs to be adjusted to bring it down. Do you um, agree? Well, I think we have to take a look again at the budget, and we have to look at once everybody's uh, debated their property, you know, once the dust has settled, um, let's look at what the income is going to be and let's look at what the budget is. And yes, if we need to adjust the levy, then absolutely we need to do that. Um, but I'm not proactively going to say, oh, of course, we're going to cut the levy because the property taxes are up, right? We have to look at things. And if we're going to, if we're going to make Lincoln um, a city that competes with other cities, for example, uh, the firefighters or the police and their benefits, their retirement benefits, their health care benefits, those sorts of things, um, that money has to come from somewhere. Um, so the balancing of the budget is a delicate act. If we want to cover, and I think we should, cover robust health insurance and retirement benefits for our public servants, like the police and the firefighters, um, what, how are we going to get that, right? Mm -hmm. Are we gonna cut something else? Are we going to um, not lower the level, the levy all the way down? We're just gonna keep it up a little, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure, so, so that was uh, one and three. Uh, then the other two main documents that I think are important for candidates to have some level of connection to is the 2050 comp plan. Um, showing where our community is growing and why we're growing and how we're investing in certain portions. Have you taken a look at that? Yeah, and I, I, you know, again, I'm Northwest District. So my, the people I'm talking to in the Northwest District feel like there is too much sort of um, resources going to South Lincoln. Um, that's the perception. That's the feeling. Sure. And then lastly, it's our uh, affordable housing coordinated action plan, which mm -hmm. you know addresses many uh, different topics, but has you know, all three of these documents can all be tied together and have right. a better, more informed conversation. And when we have this baseline, sometimes we have to tell people at the door that they're wrong. Have, yeah. you, done, have you done that yet? To tell someone that they're wrong? Yeah. No, typically I listen. And, you know, I'm listening now. That's I'm not a great way to, to get votes, is it? Hey, right. <laughs> hey I you're wrong. With you. you are wrong. <laughs> I will tell you I the will, truth. I will correct uh, someone if they are. I had a gentleman say to me the other day, um, are you for taxing Social Security benefits or getting rid of the Social Security? I said, well, actually, I'm, I believe Social Security benefits shouldn't be taxed, but that's actually a state issue city doesn't right. have any place in that i'll tell you my opinion on anything sure i think um, that's uh, i think that's a lot of things that people might be thinking like 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 yep. my property tax or that's those right. issues or things about that's abortion right. that's right. or whatnot well and i've had people say oh um oh i you know it's the tax thing and i always say well the city budget is very complex if we cut you know if we cut the property taxes or if we cut taxes what are we going to give up? What are we going to lose? Oh, well, there's fat in the budget. Yeah. And I, I always push back on that and say, I don't know what specifically the fat is, but if you have an idea of where the fat is, if you could let me know, that would be great. I do, can take a look do at you that. Think, do you think people today, compared to maybe in the past, 
are less aware of general civics and how government works? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it depends on the age demographic, honestly. Yeah. I feel young people are less, but I don't know whether that is a generational thing and people just learn more by being homeowners, right. by being engaged in a community life as an adult, yeah. right? Yeah. Or if that's a trend. I mean, as someone who teaches, I'm a teacher, um, I do what I can to sort of engage people in, in being aware of those things. But I think you learn that over the years of sure. living in a place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the important thing is that they understand that yeah. voting is an obligation. I just, I just have one last question. Okay, go ahead. Because I know we're getting close. Uh, District 4 has a historically low voter turnout. How do you and the other candidates help increase that? Um, I ask people full on if they're registered to vote, um, first of all, and I carry voter registration cards with me. I encountered someone in uh, Air Park the other day who was working on his car, and I said, hey, I'm Kay, I'm a teacher, I'm running for city council, just in the neighborhood introducing myself to voters, that's that's my spiel, are you a voter? And he said, I can't vote, I did some bad things. And I said, have you been off paper for two years? He's like, oh yeah, I've been off paper for probably 10 years. I said, sir, you can register to vote, and we need you on the voter rolls. So, you know, um, some people don't, know that they're eligible to vote or can't vote. Yeah. Voters generally, I would think you agree, are more informed than people who don't vote. Yes, absolutely. So, so that's, that, so just the educational factor out there as you're talking to people is is a tough challenge. So, Kay, we would like to give you a minute or so here to tell people how they can contact you, how they can learn more about your campaign and yourself before we wrap up the show. Okay, well, my name is Kay. I'm a teacher. Um, Teachers are collaborators. We are workers. We are helpers. We are community builders. If you want something done, you ask a teacher. So vote for a teacher. Um, My website is www.kforcouncil.org, kforcouncil.org. You can email me at votersfork at gmail.com. No spaces in between that, no period in between that. Um, always looking for volunteers, always looking for people who are willing to support a yard sign. Um, yeah, so, yeah, reach out. Please reach out. Okay, very good. Kay, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. We hope to have you again in the future. Yeah. Good luck to you. Thank you so much for taking the time, and good job educating voters. Yes, thank you. So to our listeners, thanks again for listening. Kurt and I will see you next week. Thanks. <laughs>